Thank you, Daniel. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Great to have you on this beautiful Sunday morning. You remembered. You, you came at the right time. Good job. Pat yourself on the back. You did. You done good. Uh, yeah, 6, 6 a.m. this morning felt pretty early. Uh, my name is Michael Beneshek. I am one of the pastors here at the Warm Church of the Warm Heart. It is so good to see you. If this is your first time here today, welcome. We are blessed to have you with us. I know we have someone from Blackfoot here today. Welcome to, uh, to the, this side of the state. We're glad to have you. If you're joining us online, welcome to all of you. Uh, we are blessed to have you with us, and we pray wherever you may be worshiping with us today uh, that you find a blessing in today's service. That was the most interesting piano quartet uh, for a prelude. <laughs> uh, Daniel was, was kind enough to step in. Uh, quartet means four. One of the four is under the weather uh, today. Uh, Debbie Jones, our minister of music, uh, is, is not feeling the best, and she is gone today. So Trina, thank you for stepping in. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts in today's service, uh, so we, uh, uh, we appreciate you doing uh, the bells and the choir and everything else, so thank you. Uh, for today's songs, uh, the hymns that we have, uh, someone asked me, Christ alone, that's kind of, that has an Easter ending. You can't really do Easter, and I'm, I was trying to rack my brain, like, why did I pick this one? I picked them, like, months in advance. Why did I pick them? It's like, then it hit me. Like, oh yes, every hymn that we have today uh, may or may not be familiar to you, but they have an Irish melody. St. Patty's Day is Friday. I wanted Irish hymns. And honestly, I'm tired of winter, so anything to bring the spring on. So uh, enjoy today's hymns. If one or two is unfamiliar, just go with the old, uh, just, just sing loud like the Irish and we'll, we'll make it work together. Claudia is our worship leader, and uh, she may have an announcement or two for us today. Good morning. Yes, I'm Claudia Moberly, and I would also like to offer my welcome. And I'm proud of all of you for remembering to set your clocks forward. Not being a morning person, this is not my favorite day, and I'll try not to be crabby. But in honor of daylight saving time, we have a special number. presenting a program on hunger. As we continue looking at the words of Jesus, I was naked and you clothed me, I was hungry and you fed me. So we're continuing our theme, please come, but do call the office so that we know how many we are going to feed that day. Card makers meet this afternoon, there is a blood drive coming up, there's always a need for blood, and let's do lunch, check that out. After second service on March 26th, Pastor Jen is ordering is organizing a community 
let's go to lunch. So give her a call or call the office if you're interested in that. I think that's the end. Wonderful people sitting next to you. Let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then remain standing for the opening hymns.
um, in our affirmation of faith. It will be on the screen. It is also in your hymnal on page 885, if that works better for you. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love, as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord, to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. Please be seated. Unless you're a kiddo, like fifth grade and down, this is your time in worship. Come on down. stuff up here today. So thank you for finding a spot. Good to see you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So I know your parents never do this, but I'm sitting up there and I'm making my grocery list. You're sitting in church. I know you never do that. Make a grocery list while you're sitting in church. But uh, let's see, what do I need from the store? Do I need, oh, I need milk. I need milk. I better write that down. What else should I get? Grape, grapes. I get grapes. Grapes are good. Orange grapes are the, or not orange grapes, the, uh, the green grapes or the purple grapes? Both. Both grapes. What else should I get at the store? I probably need some bread. Yep. Yeah, we go through bread. Apples, Honeycrisp apples are my favorite. Where were they when I was a kid? Yeah. If I get Hershey Kisses, I would eat them, and that's a problem. Yeah. Just have one. Like, oh, guys, I'm wondering. Yeah. Why do I write that? Why do I write it down? So I don't forget. I'm one of those people, if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget. We have a joke in our house is I could remember three things to get at the store. If there's four things, I'm still coming home with three because I can't remember the fourth. And it varies and it changes. Yeah. You ever forget things? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes we forget to do our chores. I, it, we come home and, and my kids forgot to vacuum the house. I don't know how that happened, but uh, they're not here today, so I'll pick on them a little bit. I think they're coming to the second service. Yeah, uh, I'm also horrible with names. I, I know, I forget names a lot. Can you believe that? Yeah, uh, I know most, most people's names here, 
I, I can't remember your names. Here, slap my hand and say, bad pastor. Bad pastor. What's, what's your name? Sawyer. Sawyer. I, hold on, I got to write this down. Sawyer. <laughs> well, I looked it up in the Bible, and the word remember is there 285 times. For whatever reason, they wanted people to remember some stuff in the Bible. And there's a story that the big people are going to get in their church that uh, when Jesus was dying on the cross, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he wasn't the only one up there, but there were two other people hanging next to him. So there are three crosses up there, and there were two thieves, one on each side. And one thief said, Jesus, will you remember me? when You come into your kingdom. Please remember me. And Jesus said, today I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise, meaning I'll remember you. There are times that I think God forgets about us. And I'm the pastor. And sometimes I think, God, where are you? Have you looked at the world lately, God? Have you forgotten? But the Bible tells us that he never forgets. He'll remember you and you and you and you. And he'll never forget you and you. And, and you, and especially the people in the cheap seats in the back, they'll remember them, and they'll remember the choir, and they'll remember us. That's pretty cool. This God, you know, there's, there's 200 people in this room, and I can remember the names of about 180, and I won't tell you which 20 I forgot. So many, but God remembers your name, and he remembers your name, and he remembers your name, and your name, and your name. And we have a place and a home. Tell you what, if you got more notes for me, write them down and I will take a look. <laughs> let's, let's be a people of prayer. Oh, God above, we ask for your blessings on these little ones. That as they continue to grow in, 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 in your favor and in love, remind us that we are never forgotten. That you walk beside us all the days of our life. And the whole family of God said... Amen. Thanks for coming down.
Good morning, church. Let us come together in an attitude of prayer and share any prayer requests or concerns that we may have with our neighbors this morning. Please share them aloud. And then I will lead us in our pastoral prayer and then the Lord's Prayer. And the words will be on the screen. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, you are the source of life and love. May we draw close to you to feel your peace and experience your grace so that we may continue to grow in our faith and be transformed for your glory. Guide us to be healers in this world. We pray for the discouraged and the poor in spirit. May they feel drawn to your presence and be lifted up by your light. May they feel your peace and experience your grace and know that being one in you is paradise. We pray for those that are grieving. May they be comforted. And Lord, give us humble hearts to serve one another. Lord, we pray for all who hunger and thirst for righteousness. May they be nourished and sustained by your spirit. Lord, thank you for remembering us. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Help us to be pure in heart in all that we do so that we may also be merciful and bring calm to our world. For God, we are your people. And today we come together to pray as your son Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As willing and able, let's stand and sing our next Irish hymn, The Gift of Love. You'll also find it in your hymnal 408.
Our scripture reading this morning comes from the New Testament, the book of Luke, chapter 23, verses 35 through 43. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. For whatever reason, we are intrigued by a person's last words. A lifetime of speaking but you only get one shot at your last statement here on earth. When, uh, when Ben Franklin was on his deathbed, his daughter uh, told him to shift a little in bed so he could breathe a little easier, and Ben's last words were, a dying man can do nothing easy. Elvis, anyone know Elvis's last words? Told his fiance, I'm going to the bathroom to read. Those are his last words. I like, I like Richard B. Mellon's last words. You might not know this guy. Uh, he was the CEO of Alcoa back in the day. He and, his, he and his brother Andrew had a game of tag going. The weird thing is, this game of tag had less, lasted for seven decades. Ever since they were kids and the game never stopped. And when Richard was on his deathbed, he called his brother over, and you know where this is going, called, called him over, and he tapped him, and he said, last tag. And he died. <laughs> Andrew was it for four months before he passed away as well. Two weeks ago, we started a sermon series uh, that we're calling Crosswords, a series of the last seven statements that Jesus gave from the cross. Words that give us tremendous insight to our own lives. Last week, we shared the words, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And before that, two weeks ago, we talked about the, uh, the, the saying where Jesus told John, this is your mother, mother, this is your son, caring for, for his family. Two very compassionate statements, especially in the context of what Jesus was doing at the time. He was being executed. And the third statement that we have today is also an act of compassion, an act of love. I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. What a wonderful and comforting scripture that is. And it shares some of the, the, the truths about salvation. When we examine this thief that Christ made this statement to, he teaches us the key into hearing these words for ourselves. We could, we could always learn lessons from a thief. Usually it's about what not to do. However, today, I want us to listen to what the thief had to say. 
I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Here this thief was on the cross with another criminal. And the other criminal, according to the story, was mocking Jesus, saying, aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. And everyone down below the cross was also mocking Christ and making fun. And yet one criminal did not. Why? When everyone else was taking turns mocking him, why did he not only abstain from mocking Christ, but he went on to, 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 he went to bat for the guy as well? And I believe the reason is this. He had a healthy fear of God and stopped him from mocking Christ. What, what would it have gained him to mock him in the first place? His, his, his fate was, 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 uh, was, was already set in stone. When the other criminal began to mock, he stepped in and said, don't you fear God. This is the first step that a person has on their way to salvation. Proverbs 1.7 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. There have been days I've been a fool, but I pray to be wise. When we realize that God is a God of awesome power who deserves our respect and honor and the one that we will someday have to answer to, uh, I want us to have a little bit of fear. Well, Pastor Mike, fear, that sounds like an old-timey kind of way to look at God. That's true. Maybe the word respect would be better. Maybe reverence. But I do want a little bit of fear in there. Do I want, do I want my kids to honor me? Yeah. <laughs> do I want them to revere me? That's getting a little weird. Do I want them to fear me? Just a tiny bit. I want it based in love, but you know what? Maybe there's a little bit of, mm. I was never scared of my father, but there were certainly things that I never told him. (laughs) The other criminal on the cross had no hope of finding salvation because he he had nothing to give but cynicism. He seemed to have thought, yeah, he had no thought of life after, I guess, and never having to answer to anybody. Even in this time of facing certain death, he belittled Christ and mocked him because he lived a life of not respecting and fearing no one. Maybe, maybe you know the name uh, Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette, her last words. On her way to, to the guillotine, she stepped on the executioner's foot by mistake, on accident, and her last words were, pardonne-moi, monsieur being kind on the way. Frank Sinatra's last words, I'm losing it. Those were Frank's. Italian Raphael, uh, the, uh, the, the artist and the painter, his last words were simply, happy. I can go with that one. Second lesson we get from the thief. We are being punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. He saw his own guilt, and he saw the innocence of the one hanging next to him. This is also something that we need to come to realize realize as we try to bring Christ into our own hearts. We see our own guilt, and we know that we mess up. We know that we're a sinner. We know that, that, that sometimes we don't walk in the way. 
This crook had no doubt that he had done some bad things for which he deserved punishment. Uh, a person must know Romans three twenty three uh, well. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There are so many people who look like they have their act together and we put them on a pedestal. But nobody's perfect. Every family is dysfunctional because there's people in them. Some of us put the fun in dysfunctional. You can name every great hero in Scripture, from Abraham to David, from Solomon to Peter, James, John, and Paul, the list goes on. Not one of them were without sin. And praise God that through Christ that we could have victory even through our sinful nature. As important that is, as it is to see our own guilt, we see the innocence of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Axel Cato in one of his books wrote this, We are guilty and he is innocent. We are filthy and he is pure. We are wrong and he is right. He is not on that cross for his sins, but for ours. The other day, my kiddo uh, was in a, a Thursday night, played in the band, and uh, they played Amazing Grace. And uh, one, another kid left, next to me says, I just, I feel like a wretched. I'm wretched. It's in the words, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I'm like, well, you're not so wretched. We're all a little bit of wretched, but Amazing Grace, that's what makes grace so amazing. Leonardo da Vinci's last words. Leonardo, the guy that we remember from the 15th century, the one who did fantastic stuff, his last words. I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Wow. Third lesson that the thief can teach us. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. From that one statement, it tells us this. He had faith that death was not the end and that Christ had a kingdom. So here's what's so incredible about that. The disciples didn't believe it yet. The disciples and the followers of Jesus thought there was no hope as he was dying there on the cross. In their despair and in their fear, they fled. Only John remained there for the disciples anyway. The kingdom that Jesus was going to set up and be the king was, was, was no more. They thought this was the end. And yet this man, the, the, the criminal hanging on the cross, said to Christ, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This man knew that even though Christ was on the cross, that it was not going to be the end of the story. That there is something beyond this life. And he knew that Christ would be in charge. Who would have ever thought that a common criminal would have more faith than the disciples who were taught at the feet of Jesus? He knew that death was not the end. In order for, for Christ to make that statement to us someday, today you will be with me in paradise, we have to believe. We have to believe with a pure faith that, that life here, is this, this is not it. Now, I want to live as long as I can. You know, the goal of, of, of living is not dying and going on. Live your life. The, there's a time to be born and a time to die, and the goal is to keep those as far away from each other as possible. 
But when it's over, it's not over. There's more life. A familiar scripture that I use in my funerals is this. In my father's house, there are many rooms, mansions, and if it were not so, what I have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, and I am thankful that there are many rooms. My other joke on this is I'm glad there's other rooms. There's, there's people I don't want a room with up there, but there's a place for you and for you and for you and for you. Do you believe Do you have the faith of a criminal on the cross that day? Do you believe that at the end of this life there is is life everlasting? Harriet Tubman, if you know that name, the freer of slaves, her last words, swing low, sweet chariot. On the other side of the Civil War, Stonewall Jackson, uh, killed during the war, but his last words as he died were, let us cross over the river and rest under the shade of those trees. Different side of the war, same side as heaven. The last lesson, and the one that hits me this morning, that the thief teaches us is this. He shows us that it's never too late to turn to Christ. It's never too late. This man who had most likely had not lived his life for God, this criminal, the thief, the person who violated other people's property, here he is in his last hours of of, of life and he turns to Christ. And Christ did not say, I am so sorry. I wish you would have turned to me earlier. I could have done something for you if you had. He didn't say those words. Christ saw the genuineness of his heart and said, today you will be with me in paradise. We need to know as well that it doesn't matter what we've done in our past. It doesn't matter for how long we've done it. Even in our last moments, we could still turn to Christ and with sincerity, he will give us the gift of salvation. There is not one thing that you could have done that puts salvation out of reach for you. There is nothing that you could do that would put salvation out of reach for you. Let me tell you the truth. You are playing a dangerous game if you decide that you will just wait until the waning hours of your life. Uh, Fourth century, there was a uh, um, famous saint, St. Augustine, who waited to be baptized until his old age. Because baptism washes away sin. He wanted to make sure that they were all covered. So we put it off as long, 60 years old, I still got time. Seven, he waited until, he, and then he was baptized uh, late in life, and he had a few more years. He's, Dang it, I could have waited. But don't wait. Don't wait. I know this sermon series is about Jesus' last words. But today, it is the thief's last words that saved him. Jesus, remember me. Remember me. In closing, I just want to say this about Jesus' statement. Jesus told the thief that today you will be with me in paradise. And I really do believe that means today. When this life is finished on this earth, our bodies 
go to the ground, but I believe that this says without a doubt, our souls go to be with Christ right away. They're going to look, they're going to wonder where I'm at in the sermon. I'm going to add-lib for a second. So uh, here's your bit of trivia this morning. So in some languages, there's not much punctuation. There's not punctuation in the Bible. We have to figure out where the, pen, in, in, the old, in the olden languages, we have to figure out where the commas are, where the, where the periods are, where it makes sense in the thing. The old King James, today I tell you the truth. I don't know how to go. I tell you the truth. Today, hold on, I got to remember how this goes. King James, King James. All right, got to get the NIV out of my brain. King James. I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. No punctuation uh, in, the, in, in the Greek. Is it, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise, which means when, when this day is done, you're going to be with me in paradise. Or does it say, I tell you the truth today, you will be with me in paradise. We don't know what side the comma goes on. So there are some people who believe that when you die, you go to heaven or when you die, you have to wait till the end judgment at the end of time, and then we're resurrected at the end. Well, what, what do Methodists believe? We are, we are radically wishy-washy in the middle. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. But I'll tell you what I think. I think when you die, you go to heaven. End of story. Well, what if, what, if, what if we sleep until the end of time? Well, then you're asleep and it doesn't matter. At some you're going to get to heaven. That's, that's, that's what I want to get to you today. And we get to go to, uh, to paradise. Paradise, it's a Persian word. It means walled garden. Think para, P-A-R-A, like paragraph, a section. Um, parameter is also in there. There's uh, a walled place, uh, a walled garden, paradise. The Bible starts with a garden. And it ends with a garden in Revelation. He's a God of love, but I pray we fear him just a little bit. And I pray that we have a faith that death is not the end and Christ indeed has a kingdom. And I pray that you realize it's never too late. Turn your face and your heart to him and he will give you peace. Take it from a thief. It's never too late. John Wesley's last words, the founder of the Methodist Church. The best of all, God is with us. Farewell, farewell. And those are the last words of this sermon. And the family of God said, amen. We are a church that preaches Christ salvation and second chances and a church of love of warm hearts and I pray that we remember those in our congregation and those on the outside in our town in our, in our, in our metro area in our city and in, in our world may the gifts and the offerings that we give today be emblems of Christ's love for this world will those who are helping please come forward
Thank you, Emma Jean. As willing and able, let's stand for our doxology. Closing one might not be familiar to, to, uh, to everyone. In Christ Alone, it's kind of a newer take, but it's got a good Celtic hymn. There's a little bit of uh, Easter at the end, so just, just pretend that we're not in Lent right now, but uh, in Christ Alone. <laughs>
and all the time. I pray that you join us for our coffee hour. It is just right outside these doors and then the building next door, right across the alley. We pray that you join us uh, for some time of fellowship and getting to know some other people in our church. May the God that brought us together today go with us now and forevermore that no power of hell, no scheme of man can pluck us from his dear hands. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen. Oh.